Welcome to the Roan Podcast. Roan is the Curated Physicians Network that supports concierge, DPC, and private practices so they can remain independent without being alone. We believe that the future success of primary care requires membership-based medicine practices to thrive. Hello, I'm Dr. Scott Pope, CEO of Roamed, and I'm glad you found us. I hope you enjoy this latest episode of the Roamed Podcast. Welcome, everyone. We've got an outstanding episode for you today, uh, talking about as you consider transitioning your practice away from a traditional fee-for-service model to concierge or direct primary care private practice, uh, what things do you really need to consider? And we've got a, a remarkable guest uh, who's joined us today, Dr. Carlos Jorge, uh, co-founder and chief medical officer with Companion Health in Charlotte, North Carolina. Dr. Jorge, thank you for joining us. Scott, thank you for having me, and I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, uh, excited to have you on. Tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, and then we'll kind of we'll jump into the topic here. Okay. Yeah, so I've been um, a family physician here in Charlotte, originally started in 2002. Um, I kind of, I like to say I did time with several health healthcare systems. So I was at Atrium, which was Carolina's healthcare for about five years, and then Novant for uh, about almost three years. And then I joined in, in a private practice and bought half of that and was there for almost eight years. Um, and during that time, um, apart from family practice, um, I've, I've done a board certification in lipidology, which is a lot of preventative work, and then also uh, board certification in functional medicine and longevity medicine. Um, and then in May of 2019, uh, left that private practice, which was very much an insurance-laden uh, world, and uh, jumped into the true world of private practice and membership-based medicine. And so, uh, yeah, it's been a journey for sure. Excellent. Well, I'm excited to have you on. I couldn't think of a better person to uh, really crack into this topic, given the the journey that you've uh, I think probably still undertaking as you are, you know, relatively new in yeah. your in your private practice journey. Uh, so, you know, our topic today is what what things do people need to consider? You know, some of the the bumps that you've taken, uh, maybe some of them foreseen, and maybe some of them uh, completely caught you uh, out of the blue. But what yeah, what the, a couple yeah, pieces? The first one, the first one is don't start a new clinic in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> right, number one. Okay, it's better timing. So, you know. <laughs> If, if you could skip a year of pandemic, um, that would be the first rule. But um, all kidding aside with that, it's it's actually, um, you know, and I hate to say that there's been a like a true benefit for us, but I would say that what the, the whole sort of episode of, of this pandemic um, showed us, and I say us, Natalie Jorge, who's my wife and CEO and one of our coaches, she's my business partner and kind of the business brand of everything. It really forced us to slow down, um, and so I think that's actually the one of the top lessons for me has been um, it's okay to pace yourself at a velocity that maybe for a lot of physicians who are used to, and I think in like personality profiling you would call it a pace setting uh, mode, which is you're you're always on to the next topic. You're always thinking, okay, what are the next five things that I need to accomplish, and you know, truthfully, the, the the pandemic and the whole sort of episode of what we've been doing has really forced us to say, you know what, this is something that we need to take time to develop correctly. So an example would be for us, we do a lot of um, 
integrative coaching into all our plans. And we really wanted to structure that in a way that our clients would truly, truly benefit long-term for that. And so how to integrate that, how to sort of create the plans, what's the time frame? All those things were kind of details that I think we would have probably taken um, a little bit for granted and moved forward a lot faster if we hadn't faced some of these things that we're facing. Um, and then frankly, just even in construction of our space, um, it forced us to take time. I mean, contractors couldn't get licenses, uh, supplies couldn't get delivered, and because it allowed us to really right. think about the space you know, that we wanted and how we wanted to design it in the feel. And I think people who walk into our space are pretty surprised with the overall sort of openness and kind of comfort that they get when they walk into the space. So I think that's really number one is it's okay to slow down and think through the process first. In my case, it was forced a little bit by, you know, the pandemic and everything. Yeah. A little bit convenient, even though it felt inconvenient at at times. Um, Well, tell me a little bit too about some of the the brand, you know, one of the, the recurring themes that we have here on this podcast, even in the, season one, you know, first couple of episodes is this notion of being concierge, being DPC, and you really don't have either one of those, uh, you know, stereotypical names associated with your practice. Talk talk to us about that from a, a planning perspective. Yeah. So Companion Health really came about, we, we spent time, and I think this is another kind of second lesson too for us was, and it's an, again, it's an uncomfortable exercise sometimes, but we really spent time before we even thought about what is our brand. We thought about, um, you know, what what are we trying to create? What's the vision that we want? What's the mission of what we want to do? What are we passionate about? And for me, the passion in medicine was, you know, I want to really look to develop patients who have healthier lives, are living their optimal life, they're having a joyful life full of health, and we're really reversing chronic disease. And that's that speaks to our vision. It speaks to our mission. Our mission. And once we sort of really nailed that down, and you know, what's good is having a business brain, a strategy like you know Natalie, who was with me in that journey. Um, but I think identifying a partner or someone who can help you go through some exercise as to your why, what are you trying to really sort of solve, is so key. And then that it really makes your brand sort of come about because our brand is. We want to live. We want our patients and our clients to have joyful, healthier lives. And so, our companion health logo is um, based on uh, Native American planting. So, in in gardening, or if there's any gardeners out there, often companion plants are planted at the same time to help um, other plants thrive. So, you may plant corn with you know a soy or uh, some other sort of you know. Uh, seed to help that other plant thrive as it's growing. So we see ourselves as both partners, educators, um, you know, that little help for all our clients to get to that goal of optimal health, longevity. And so often with our clients, really one of the big things that I think is, is helping us get differentiated is we don't start from always that place of disease. We start from where do you want to be? What's your wellness, like true goal? And then we kind of build out that plan over time for them. So you touched on something there. And I know that you're a student of his work as much as I am, Simon Sinek's uh, Golden Circle and yeah. leading with the why. I think there's, um, for those our listeners who haven't seen that, uh, there's there's a book there, but there's a 15 minute TED talk 
yeah. uh, that you can pull down that's, uh, I, I think, really instructive on how to talk about your brand. Yeah, and he's done a, you know, he's done a nice job. The other sort of person that I think has also talked about that a lot, um, and I think we, we've talked about this before, but Jim Collins just rewrote his book, Beyond Entrepreneurship 2.0. And in that, there's a lot of sort of, you know, really taking time to what is it that you're trying to solve? What's that puzzle, you know? And, and Simon Sinek does a nice job with the Apple example that he gives. Apple doesn't ever talk about building computers. They talk about, you know, building sort of beautiful things that solve some sort of other, other issue. And so for us, it was, you know, really, we want to reverse chronic disease. That is our, when we talk to our, our staff and our, our, our clients, that is our end vision mission in life is to say we are reversing chronic disease. And we look at in the functional medicine world that really we approach now is aging is a chronic disease. And so how do we work on reversing aging, improving vitality, all those things. And so it really drives us. I mean, it's been, you know, passion and we've been officially open for less than a year. So, um, and yeah, it's, we're thriving, which is great. So. Yeah. Well, and I think part of that, you've, you've mentioned the, your, your CEO, uh, Natalie, yeah. a couple different times. I think very fortunate to, to be able to be in business with, with somebody of her caliber, uh, who also happens to be your spouse. But talk, talk to me a little bit about your team. Is that a, a key component to your success? Yes. I, you know, it's, it's interesting. We've taken time to build um, our team. So our first kind of official hire would, would be um, one of our coaches, um, Karen. She, you know, has a background in nutrition and food blogging and um, has a real passion also for just healthy nutrition. And so um, we really brought her on to help us create some of that integrated approach that we do with clients for their nutrition, their lifestyle, et cetera. Um, so we've, but again, at the other side, she wears a different hat and her other hat is she helps us with some of our social media and our marketing. And so what we found is everybody that we've brought onto our team, while they have a primary role, they, they have this sort of passion for what we're doing and it allows them to then take on other, you know, kind of roles in the company. Um, our nurse, uh, you know, is an ICU nurse, but has also a background in food blogging and is younger and is really sort of, you know, helped us develop a, a stronger social media presence that, you know, as I in my 40s, et cetera, I mean, I know Instagram, I know these things, but, you know, how to really use that technology and, and do targeted messaging is, has been something that, you know, she's helped us lead. Our PA, who I've worked with in the past, Anya, you know, has a background in exercise physiology, um, but has also been real passionate about hormones and um, is leading our IV nutrition development program. So everybody that we've brought on has some other hat that they wear. Um, and we've brought on now a total of four coaches that we have. And these coaches do, um, they work in tandem with, with me. And so they, you know, if I'm seeing a client, they're being seen by this other coach uh, soon after to help kind of reinforce what we're working on and, and really sort of uh, try to cultivate their success for what they're trying to accomplish. Yeah. To me, that really, I think it's an outstanding point. It really speaks to the the entrepreneurial mindset and approach, right? If when I think of, you know, large publicly traded companies, they have, you know, experts that are really good at digital marketing yeah. um, or somebody who just writes blog posts or, you know, they're, they're really good at that one specific finite thing. 
Whereas in entrepreneurial world, you really need more multi-potentialites, people who are able to flex and bend and wear lots of different hats and change gears even in the course of a given hour or certainly a day. Um, yeah. So you bring that mindset, it sounds, to your team. Yeah, no, and I agree. I think, and that's another, I would say, kind of learning point for for me as a physician. And this maybe, you know, if we're talking learning points and numbered, you know, the, the third thing for me has been to be okay with not knowing everything. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's hard sometimes in that physician mindset, um, provider mindset that you are, you know, you're the end all be all of all the answers that need to be given. And, and the reality is um, healthcare is so much more complex. And, and this type of practice, which is really starting not from a place of disease, but how do we stay well and maintain wellness and, and, and all these other sort of variables and social media and all these realities that we face, we just, A, you know, I don't have the time to become an expert in something like that. And it's understanding that there are folks who, you know, truly have passion for doing that at the same time that they have passion for caring for, you know, our clients. And so um, letting go of the reins a little bit at first feels uncomfortable, but um, has been just incredible to see how people just take their projects and kind of run with them. Um, and that's been, you know, quite good. Um, having, you know, a good business strategy mind, you know, like Natalie as CEO certainly helps. And it helps because, you know, the project details are important. And so meeting kind of, um, you know, another book that we read before we started our practice was a book called Traction. And in that book, he talks about quarterly, you know, rocks and then a yearly rock, you know, so setting these expectations and goals um, are real important um, to have. Um, you know, caring for, for clients is, is the number one thing, but there has to be that support structure to be able to kind of build that up to, to work efficiently. Yeah, uh, that's really good insight, Carlos. The, you know, as I think about practices, you know, a physician is maybe you know, entrenched in the, um, the insurance-laden model, the, the traditional fee-for-service primary care, and is contemplating a shift, you know, and you guys, I don't know if you've gone through this, when you went through this transition, did you think about, you know, having a, a fee-for-service component in, in, in traditional, and then there was going to be a kind of a, a private practice component that was a different membership? And what made you? Yeah, no, that's, uh, you're kind of spot on, because initially when we, um, so when I left um, my previous practice in May of 2019, um, you know, I, I did take a good six weeks or so just to kind of get your head back on straight and sort of get rid of the burnout that you're feeling as a physician in that insurance driven mindset. Um, and then through it though, as we started thinking, you know, through the summer of 2019, what do we want to create? The original thought was creating a hybrid model, which is a model of, all right, most of our things we're going to try to run through in insurance, but because we do a lot of functional medicine, a lot of anti-aging, a lot of longevity and regenerative medicine, Often those things are just not covered by insurance. And so we were, we were thinking, all right, we're going to price those in a way that, you know, clients can then just check it off as they go. Um, and more and more in conversations that we had, both with insurance companies and, you know, some healthcare attorneys, um, that that sort of mix didn't seem like it was going to work long term for us. There were going to be questions about, well, if insurance is felt that it needed to be run through the insurance. And there were some complexities there that we just said, we, we don't want. And then honestly, we had a, you know, call it a kind of come to Jesus moment when we sat down with um, another physician here in Charlotte, who's been 
in um, functional medicine for quite some time, Dr. Deb Matthew, um, who's been, was great and just a wonderful person to sound off ideas with, you know, and she sort of looked at me and said, you know, why do you even want to take insurance? You, you understand that world that you existed in, um, you know, kind of time to rip off the bandaid. Yeah. And so um, I think that's kind of maybe the fourth thing is like, it take your time to talk to people who have done what you are doing or thinking of doing. And, you know, don't be afraid uh, to ask those questions from them um, and ask for their honest opinions, quite frankly. Um, and she was, you know, I, I credit her to this day uh, to, to sort of be instrumental in that, hey, why are you even thinking about doing that still? Um, and we really, we got back in the car and we're like, that's a great question. Why are we thinking that? And we changed, we kind of pivoted and we said, nope, everything's open no insurance, you know, we will help our clients with anything they may need code wise and those types of things. But our relationship with with insurance is that I advocate for our clients and I'm the one calling an insurance company and saying, you know, they need this test or they need this. But beyond that, it's, I, I, I tell our clients, you've hired me to be your personal physician in every way possible. And that's including, you know, having some of these difficult conversations. Um, so yeah, it's, it, it was, it was a thought that we had this hybrid idea. Yeah. Um, we had Dr. James Pinkney on, uh, as a guest on the podcast, uh, at the early part of February, uh, in 2021. And he had a, a really good point. He was talking about building the brand and he said that the brand that you build for your practice has to be, it just has to be, uh, genuine to you and who you are. And I know that you, and you've mentioned it a couple of times here, Functional medicine is a really important element of what you bring to your practice. Talk to us about how that's really an extension of of you. Yeah, I, functional medicine to to me is really I often liken it. It's, it's it's what I would love medicine to have been my entire career, which is uh, we as physicians were attracted to the thinking process of medicine, the puzzle of medicine, the taking time to kind of advocate for a patient and, and really, you know, study things and, and get, you know, ideas as to what could be going on with that patient. And I think more and more, as I look back, you know, over the last decade that I was in medicine, one of the things I noticed that it, it just became very automatic. There was a lot of just, you know, plug and play, and there wasn't much thinking going on in a lot of what we we're doing. And I think that is what attracts me to functional medicine. Yeah. So functional medicine really to, to, to go at what it is, is sort of looking at the root cause of why people get sick. Um, you know, so there are the classic things that we understand, right? So diet, nutrition, our exercise or lack thereof, smoking, um, sleep and stress, these big ones that we're all familiar with. But what really I like about functional medicine is that it also forces us to look at other things that perhaps we're at the root cause of, of why people get sick that we don't always think about, you know, other infections, uh, our environment, uh, chemicals, toxins, uh, et cetera. Um, now, you know, even pushing the envelope into mold toxicity, and these are controversial things, but they're controversial because there's not a lot of folks putting a lot of attention into it. But if you look 10 years ago at the gut microbiome, everybody was like, ah, there's nothing there. Fast forward 10 years now, and the gut microbiome is, you know, being researched from Stanford to Harvard to Hopkins to Cleveland Clinic, and there's tons of research coming out. So 
I, I like the approach for us in the functional medicine world that we are able to push the envelope, use standard of care evidence-based medicine as well, but also be able to be a real sort of advocate for our clients to say, you know what, there's some new research out here on um, you know, the genetics of this, or there's some new research on something called a peptide that we potentially could use for um, you know, some weight loss options that we may look at. Um, so it, it really is a way for, for me to, I think, stay on the cutting edge of, of medicine um, while still practicing what we call evidence-based allopathic Western medicine, which is at the core of what we do as well. Carlos, you've been an outstanding guest. Uh, one, one last question before we, uh, before we let you go. And, and maybe I'll, I'll pose it two different ways and you can choose which one you want to answer. Um, what was the biggest mistake that you wish you, you hadn't made that you didn't realize was a mistake at the time you were getting started? Or what was the biggest surprise that popped up? The thing that really, man, I just didn't see that coming when I was getting started. Well, I think we already said the surprise was COVID hitting. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> You know, that, that was uh, truly the biggest maybe surprise and the mistake of starting a, cl- a clinic at the same time. But um, no, I, I think, I think you know, I, I don't like the word mistake. I, I don't really sort of, I can't identify mistakes. I think there are things that always when you reflect back on the startup process of what you're doing, hey, could we have tweaked this a little differently? So for me, I, I think the mistake that I would sort of, and it's a continual thing is, picking priorities of projects that we want to accomplish. And so as you're growing a practice and building a new practice, it's easy to get distracted by all the shiny sort of toys and balls and bells and whistles that are thrown to you from this is the next best test. This is the greatest sort of diagnostic service, et cetera. And I think it's being true to the core of what you're trying to to, to do, which for us, it's we want to reverse chronic disease. That means we spend time with our clients. And so the biggest thing for me is sort of not getting distracted by the, all, all those shiny things out there and staying true to the mission that we have first, and then looking further down the road, are there things that we can pick out of all these shiny toys that may boost that initial mission that we have with our clients? Um, and that for me, I think is kind of the, the fifth learning thing is, is don't get distracted by all that shiny stuff out there. Yeah, it's all too easy to do. Dr. Carlos Jorge, co-founder and chief medical officer with Companion Health in Charlotte, North Carolina. Thank you so much uh, for being a great guest with us today. Uh, Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Roan Podcast. If you enjoyed your time here, be sure to subscribe. If you have a story you would like to share on the Realm podcast, I encourage you to reach out. After all, we are stronger together. Now, I invite you to take a few for you and enjoy three minutes of relaxing audio. Be well, my friends.